0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Been too long. Hello Tristan, it's lovely to see you. It's been too long since I've been up here because I can see so much growth and so many changes um, which is wonderful and Nathan it was great to hear you speak this morning. I remember you from the academy and you were down there and um, yeah it was exciting to see uh, that you've all been to the Philippines and you've come back sploshy. Do you know what sploshy means? It means you've been you've had an encounter of some sorts where you have received in an abundance and then now you're walking around and you're leaving little sploshy imprints where you go. It's one of my favorite words. Um, I don't think it's in the dictionary. I just sort of heard it from someone called um, Alicia britt She's a a fun writer that I enjoy reading, and she talks about being sploshy. So I would just say, thank you for being sploshy. And Greg recognised the sploshiness because he got you to pray. Um, And we want sploshy, don't we? Who wants to be sploshy? (laughs) We do. We want want God. We want more of him all the time. So um, hopefully what I'm going to share with you this morning leaves you wanting to be more sploshy. Um, (laughs) I want to talk about hanging out at the well. Um, So I must say too, before I get into the well, thank you Greg and Robbie for investing into our marriage because you're coming up to 40 years this year, aren't you? And when we were first um, engaged, Greg and Robbie did our pre-marriage counselling and invested into us and That's another thing that I just love about you guys, just the way you've championed um, relationships. Yeah. So, anyway, I had that in my notes and I really needed to say it because, um, yeah, just um, it's very... Isn't that good, Granny? Yeah, because we've come... Grant and I have been through a bit of a tough season. Um, Grant's been unwell. So... um, We handed over our church. It was Real Life Church. It was the second church that was sent out from um, Macquarie. It was called Macquarie CLC Maitland when we were sent. And then um, we changed the name to Real Life Church. And we have now passed it on to um, Michael Lott, who is um, the regional leader for... Um, the Hunter, ACC, and he's doing brilliantly, and the church is now called Together, so it's had a couple of changes name changes, and um, yeah, so we've been through a, a hard, it's been a rough season in that Grant's been in recovery and he's still recovering um, but in this season I remembered something that God said to me when I was newly saved, <laughs> and forgive me because this is going to sound really naive but when I was um, only Christian for one year I went for a walk with God and I asked him if there was anything in this world that he could do through me um you know what would it be God you know and in my mind do you ever have a conversation with God and in your mind you're expecting a certain answer and then he just blows you out of the water with his answer um, so I'm expecting him to say, you'll go to the Philippines and you'll see so many people saved and all these, I don't know, I was, that's what I was thinking. But not a moment passed and I knew that God said to me, I'd love Grant, my husband, this one. And I want to say to you, I was a bit surprised. I thought, of all of the things you could do, God, that's what you would want to do. Um, and... It has helped me in this season to remember back that's what God wanted to do. So it was sort of um, helpful for me to know in this season it's all about allowing God to love Grant through me. And it helped me to make decisions. And that was a, a, a relationship investment. But I just don't know why I felt to share that. It's got nothing to do with my message. But all I want to say is God's heart for love and for relationship and what we think is important and what he thinks is important is very different. Recently, I had a conversation with him and asked him, what's successful to you, God? Because in, in church life, sometimes we can lift different things up and think that's successful. Um, and he said, um, my kingdom come. <laughs> I, remember, I, was, I was this morning just... There's been mention of his kingdom coming through your language. And i just like, yes, God, it is all about your kingdom come. And so um, isn't that good? All right, so let's talk about hanging out at the well because I've been hanging in this scripture, scripture, the woman at the well, for probably over a year now. I've just been meditating and thinking about it and reading it. And um, and uh, while well, we're based at Macquarie Life Church, and one of the pleasures that I'm experiencing at the moment is some of our Mac Life churches that have been inviting me to come and share and I've just been thinking around these things so hopefully this will will help you. Um, So a thirsty saviour and it will probably come up here maybe if it works I'm not sure. Um, So it's John 4 and I'm reading from uh, the Passion Translation it's John 4 1 to 30. It's a little bit of a chunk because this is the longest conversation that Jesus ever ever had in the Bible one-on-one is with this woman so it's a little bit of a chunk so get your Bible if you want or your device or watch on here Um, but we're just going to read through it and then I'll just share some insights from it so soon the news reached the Jewish religious leaders known as the Pharisees that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John Although Jesus didn't baptize, but had his disciples baptize the people, Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaritan territory. Note, he had to. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give it to you, living water. I would give to you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. The woman replied, Let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. Jesus said, Jesus said, "'Go get your husband and bring him back here.' "'But I'm not married,' the woman answered. "'That's true,' Jesus said, "'for you've been married five times "'and now you are living with a man who is not your husband. "'You have told the truth.' "'The woman said, "'You must be a prophet, so tell me this. "'Why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain, "'but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place "'where we must worship, which is right?' Jesus responded, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit. And he longs to have sincere worshippers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The woman said, this is also confusing. You ever said that to God? (laughs) But I do know that the appointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you are looking for. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman, yet none of them dared to ask him why or what they were discussing. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, Come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to see Jesus. (laughs) oh Jesus I just um, pray that you would reveal yourself to each person here this morning you unveil yourself we want to know who you are and we want to receive what you have for us this morning living water fresh revelation I pray father that you speak truth to us like you did to the woman at the well because in essence we are the woman at the well we are the church the bride at the well and we just acknowledge that without your living water we cannot achieve anything this is a great church father full of hungry people and i know that you are not a god who would disappoint us so we open up our hearts to receive your living word and water this morning in jesus name amen Amen. So we don't know this lady's name or her age, but this conversation, like I said before, is the longest one that Jesus had in, um, that's documented in the, in the Bible. And, and he really wanted to meet her like he wants to meet all of us. He goes out of his way to intentionally um, connect with us. He went through Samaria. Um, she had no clue that she was on his mind and neither do we half the time. <laughs> he um, he tired himself from travelling, so he sensibly stops and at this well, Jacob's well, uh, where he knows he's going to find her and he sends his disciples off to get food. And Jesus um, makes this request, will you give me a drink? Now the water Jesus... Um, wanted was the refreshing satisfying pleasure of her devotion and he says um each one of us to all of us nothing's going to satisfy you except me but she i can relate to this woman so much she says in her head she's thinking and and it's documented jews un- aren't supposed to be speaking to Samaritans so it's like going on in her dialogue. Men weren't permitted to address women without their husbands present. Rabbis usually had no business speaking to ladies um, with a reputation that she's got. Jesus was willing and is willing to toss out the rules But this woman at the well wasn't willing to toss out the rules. She is going through them in her head. All the reasons why this was not a good idea for her to be talking and what was going to go on. You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman, she reminded him. How can you ask me for a drink? She focuses on the law. Jesus focuses on grace. He then um, gives her an offer a gift that she can't refuse. Instead of insisting um, that she pour him a drink, he offers living water. If you only knew, he says, who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I'd give you the living water. Water from the ground was common. That's where people would come and gather. They were getting their refreshment. But the living water now... She's gone. He's got her attention. This polite woman uh, points out the obvious. You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Her natural curiosity prompted her to ask questions. And people who are searching, when I was searching to know God and when people are searching to know God, um, sometimes we get nervous when they ask questions. But Jesus is, is not at all worried about her doubts Or her disbelief. He invites her to have this conversation. To quench her thirst, the Lord first confessed the truth about the plain water. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Then Jesus made a bold promise. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. In one sentence, he's shifted from everyday life at the well to everlasting life. There's a shift going on in the spirit, prophetically at the moment. God is shifting our our attention from things in the natural to things everlasting. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a shift happening. Was our girl ready for this leap of faith? Are we, the church, ready for this shift? Am I ready for this shift? Not quite. She wanted whatever he was offering, but only so she could avoid returning to the well for water. (laughs) If we're honest, we get this motivation. We're eager to satisfy our own physical desires. We overlook our spiritual needs. But Jesus says it's time for an intervention. And I believe he's doing this. It's time for an intervention. Jesus speaks the truth in love. Jesus told her, go call your husband and come back. Not an odd request, since women wouldn't um, couldn't converse alone with a man in a public place, but Jesus' request was more about unveiling truth than about following society's rules. So when she confessed, "I've got no, hus- I have no husband," he affirms her answer, then greatly, uh, sorry, gently exposes her sin. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. Now, five husbands doesn't make her a sinner. Due to the warfare, famine, disease and injury, it wasn't common for women to be widowed. And a widow became either a beggar, a prostitute or another man's wife. So each time the Samaritan woman had chosen what she probably saw as the best option, he wasn't judging this at all but sharing her bed with the sixth man who wasn't her husband, that was the sin. And she doesn't fess up, um, does she? And often we don't either when he asks us questions to get us to come to truth. What does she do? She changes the subject. He's guilty of this? Changes the subject. She talks about worship. She talks about Jerusalem. She talks about the difference between Jews and Samaritans. Again, we get this evasion, don't we? We do this sometimes. So who is this guy steering the conversation down a spiritual path? She was veering towards religion and away from relationship. It was too scary and too personal. But Jesus is all about relationship. And this woman was searching for something in the her world, in this world, as we do. And only he could give it that world had nothing that she could she couldn't get what she was looking for i've been studying um a little bit about temperaments um so ray our andrews is a um, christian psychologist and he helped grant and i when we started going on this journey Um, when grant became unwell it's not a clinical term but um called burnout emotional exhaustion so we began to go and get some help And while we were going on this journey, I um, started to learn about my own temperament as well. And um, while I was at one of the training um, opportunities, um, I'd filled out a unique self-questionnaire. I've done this with some of you in this room. I filled out this uh, unique self-questionnaire and he was going around and he came up to my table. This is what happens when you sit at the front. I was eager to learn and I was at the front. You're very brave. I won't pick on you. But he picked up my um, questionnaire and on the back of the questionnaire, it showed what my temperament was like um, socially, how I functioned under stress. And it also looked under affection in my closest relationships, what my temperament was like. And he picked it up and he looked at it and he said, whoa, there's no man who can meet your high, high need for intimacy other than Jesus Christ. And at first I was completely embarrassed because there was lots of guys in the room and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to think I'm like, like a, just a real desperado, you know. Um, and it's true. And... <laughs> Um, And then truth dropped in, and the reason why I'm sharing this is because the woman at the well was having this conversation with Jesus, and then truth drops in, and it sets you free as you acknowledge, yes, there is no man on this earth that can meet my high, high need for intimacy other than Jesus Christ. Not only did it set me free it set my husband free when I got home from that course because I came home and said, Ray Andrews said this. And so he's been living with me for close to 20 years. We've just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. And because I've had this need for intimacy, connection, conversation, attention, which God has put inside of me, I've been looking for it in relationships, particularly in my marriage. And it was never, ever enough we've been singing christ is enough for me and honestly it was a light bulb moment for me i was like oh okay so um i was probably exhausting my husband and he would he would glaze over like because i was he'd had enough conversation of me i jokingly say i probably send him into burnout but i didn't (laughs) (laughs) that was not mine I'm not taking ownership of that but um but there was no man who could meet my high high need for that um that was such living water for me God was giving me living water through the vessel of Ray Andrews picking that up and saying saying that um don't you love it when people speak truth you know is directed by the holy spirit it's it's and you're ready for it and he wouldn't say it if you weren't ready for it he wants us free he wants us living completely in step with him and alive sploshy with him um so i didn't realize how thirsty my soul was for that truth God desires to meet the need that is burning inside you too. You might not have a high, high need for intimacy and connectedness like me, but if you're a doer temperament, you might will have a God-given, God's put this need in in you for recognition. And you, that could be driving you, driving you, driving you to get recognition, recognition, recognition for all of your doing and achieving, all the visionaries in the room. You will have this need. But ultimately, no one other than Jesus Christ can meet that high need that you have in you for recognition. But you will search and search. You will look and look. You will build and build. Um... And he, he's saying, actually, I'm the one that you need recognition from. Thinker temperaments. Your thinker temperament, your core need for truth and security. No other person or circumstance can give you what you are craving, which is a supernatural peace in that overthinking mind of yours. You can go to all the courses in the world, <laughs> but ultimately, it's the peace of God that you need. And only Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is the one that can give you what your need is. So we search for significance for our needs to be met in people, in careers, in church, in ministry, in um, material things, and these are all temporary fixes, coping mechanisms, really. I call them coping mechanisms with people who haven't become Christians, and then after we invite Christ into our life, they're idols. (laughs) They become idols. They're things that we are looking to as our God, and we elevate things. And Jesus tears them down until all that's left is He. And the word Lord means when we are worshipping Jesus now as the one who is um, our saviour. The word says, Why do we spend our money and time on things that temporarily satisfy? Jesus is not a temporary fix. The work that he does in our hearts is permanent and transforming. A true relationship with him guarantees a return of your peace and, and your joy and your love, and all that you are searching for is in him. Your purpose, your worth and happiness are all hidden in him. It's like he um, unveils who he is and reveals that he is enough for us. So while I was too much for my hubby, Jesus never feels that way. I'll just tell you an example. Um, I'm just aware that there might be people in the room on a new journey. You might have just recently received Jesus into your life and I really have a heart for you because... um, you know, it's hard working it out. I used to turn up to church. I wouldn't turn up to church for that worship bit that we just had at the beginning. I really did not understand that. I came just to hear this bit, the word. And then as I got to know Jesus and I wanted and I, I, I felt I understood more about worship, I came earlier. So I'm really conscious that we're all learning. We're all on a journey of discovering who Jesus is. And um, so, you know, you might have come last week, for example, at Easter and you might be back here again. So I just want to make sure that I'm... I'm Um, just recognising where you're at and sharing some things about my journey. So one of the things that recently happened for me is Ray Andrews, the Christian psychologist, said because of your high, high need for intimacy and connectedness, it would be good for you during this season where your husband is not going to be emotionally available for you to have a coffee with someone. A girlfriend where you can get your words out and you can have some intimate conversation. It was very good wisdom, because what happens if you've got this high, high need and it's not getting met is you can easily go and have an affair or something easily. But I was obviously finding it in Jesus and godly friends that I was having a coffee with. But um, I started to do that, and then I started to just go by myself to have coffee with Jesus, just me. ...at the coffee shop. So it started off I did need that fellowship... ...but then I just was craving just time alone with him. Now I was at Poppy's restaurant, at nursery... And I was sitting and this song came on, I can't get enough of you baby, do you know that song? I can't get enough of you baby, and I just knew it was God, he speaks to me a lot through music, and I'm sitting there on my date with him, which for some of you who are in a new journey would think this is weird, because like, he's not really there, but but you will learn that he is with you moment to moment. He's with you through everything. And this is what makes your walk with Jesus so exciting. He is with you in the crappiest moments. He's with you in the best moments. He's with you through everything. But we can shut him off sometimes to some of those things, thinking, oh, I'll just cover these bits up because I don't want him to really know about that. Well, surprise, he knows. And he's cool with it. We're the woman at the well. He didn't ask her those questions because he wanted to expose her and make her feel uncomfortable. He wanted to bring her to truth that sets her free. He wanted to bring her to a point where he went where she went, "Oh, that's not going to ever meet my need. You have something on offer I want, and that's why he reveals who he is and truth in our life and if we can just surrender it and say, "You know what?" Yes, and so he was saying to me in that cafe, you're never enough for me. I've got all the time in the world for you. I'm thinking about you 24-7, but you are going to the idols in your life to thinking that you can get that approval. You can get that, you've got people-pleasing issue, Megs. Yes, I do, God. You're right. Isn't it good just be real and say yes, I wanted their approval more than yours. How silly, because I've already got yours. I already have all of your attention all the time. Why am I seeking that? I'll give you another example. Oh no, I'll tell you in a minute. I'll just tell you some more and then I'll give you another example with my mum. Because this is so good for you to learn where you're getting your validation from, what your needs are, that God put them in you, He put them in you only for him to meet, you know, not to frustrate you, but for you to find your saviour and find that need in him. So I'd love you to just put this picture up of me at the beach um, and I'll tell you a story. So part of, um, part of our journey, you know, we've talked about water baptism this morning. This is perfect. God set this up, people, some of you shared about water baptism as your highlight when you're in the Philippines. Well, recently, um, it was 1st of August last year, um, I was com- it was coming up to the anniversary of when we started our church. Now, you've got to know, we were on the coattails of Greg and Rob. You'll be able to relate to this, Greg and Robbie. When you plant a church, you give your heart and soul to it probably to a fault because we really should give our heart and soul to Jesus. He's the one that builds the church. But Grant and I gave our heart and soul to Real Life Church to a detriment, I think, because that's how we ended up emotionally exhausted. Um, So it was coming up to the anniversary of when we planted the church. We'd already handed the church over two years back, and I was in grief because I have been grieving handing the church over, even though I knew God had said, it is a shift, it is the time for you to handle. I was still finding it hard because it's my people, it was my people we'd invested for 12 years. It was, um, you know, so I'm leading up to this time. The Holy Spirit led me to go down to Redhead Beach. We're living at Redhead Beach at the moment with my mum to go down to the beach and in August, it's not that warm and he said, go for a swim, go and dunk under the water. Now I've been reading the woman at the well. I knew what he was saying. He was saying, I want you to go and leave that. Leave all those dreams. Leave the grief. Leave the shame. Leave the I oh, wish it had gone a different way. Or could it could we go back? You know, we just sung about that, you know, like there's no turning back. When Jesus says this is the way, I want you to move here, I want you to do this, he's saying, I don't want you going back. I want you to keep following me. And so I went and I went under the water and I came up and I picked up my Bible, sat on the beach and read Luke 14:26 to 27. Um, again, in the Passion Translation, when you follow me as my disciple, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife or your husband, your sisters, your brothers. Yes, you will even seem as though you hate your own life. This is the price you'll pay to be considered one of my followers, and anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. My identity was to be who I am in him, not what I do. Not a pastor. Um, I couldn't look to Grant anymore. I had to put that aside couldn't look to mother and father even spiritual mothers and fathers he said you need to put them aside to follow me i need to be your priority who you're looking for for your identity who we identify with is where we get our identity so if we're identifying with jesus christ and looking to him our identity will be in christ i do a lot of healing with people and It's amazing how often things come up that have been um, an identity that has um, been formed in what someone said. And it's normally an authority figure like a mother, father, teacher, pastor, authority figure. So it goes to show how much we elevate those messages. And Jesus wants those messages to be brought to him so that he can tell you truth on who you are. Um, so I had to have a decent burial at the ocean, <laughs> and <laughs> of my old life, I had been water. I just want to clarify: I had been water baptized already when I was in my 20s after I got saved. But this can happen, and sometimes God leads you to do something physically that is representative of or symbolic of what He's doing in you spiritually. So if He gets you to go and do something like that, perhaps He's saying to you, "It's time for you to let go of some things, and I want you to leave them behind." And come up um, in Romans 8, 12 to 14 in the message. It says, So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. And I knew he was saying that to me that, that day. In actual fact, a strange thing, while I was reading that this black dog came running up to me and tore the page out of my bible see i 've had to i 've had to stick it back in oh, I knew I knew I knew because I was thinking the enemy would love me not to digest this right now. he does not want this truth which <laughs> It was hilarious. Um, and the lady came over with this dog that had got out of control and went, oh, I hope you'd read that. That's her exact words. Oh, I hope you read that. Prophetically, that is fascinating to me. I'm like, yeah, I did. Bleed it back in. Oh, that was, I know, I was meant to really grab that truth. <laughs> so this woman, um, as I just read this scripture. I don't have this one on there, but I just want to read this to you because this... Isaiah 43. I hope you don't mind. There's a bit of word, I know, but hopefully it's going in. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves, the God who summons horses and chariots and armies, they lie down and then can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present, I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Wild animals will say thank you. I reckon that's people of the wild will say thank you. Um, the coyotes and the buzzards because I provided water in the desert, rivers through the sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose, the people I made especially for myself and people custom-made to praise me. So overjoyed, this woman leaves her bucket, which is symbolic of her doing, her efforts, her self-effort, and she goes back to the town to urge her neighbours um, come see a man who told me everything I ever did, could this be the Christ? She was full of the Spirit, full of living water, no shame. She did. They knew. She went and said, he told me everything I ever did. And they're thinking, we know everything you ever did. She had no shame attached, unashamed. This is the difference when really touches your life this is the difference it makes you can be unashamed about your past you don't have to hide or cover up we speak very openly about um the journey that we're going on through emotional exhaustion mental illness there should be absolutely no shame because Jesus told me be unashamed during this journey and the more unashamed we are and the more we journey this the more people come out and speak about it he is all about us being open and finding truth and finding healing in him so um so she goes off and tells everybody and they all come she's the greatest evangelist goes off this is what happens when you receive living water you suddenly want to share who set you free Is the greatest evangelistic strategy there is because there's no effort involved. It's the Spirit's leadership. So that's just awesome, the way you do that, God. So I should wrap up, I probably think. So um, um, I just wanted to um, encourage you. Because I would like the Holy Spirit to meet you where you're at, just sitting in your seat, if that's okay. I don't want you to have to come forward, do anything performance i I'm so not into performance. I just want you to just sit like you are at the well. And I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures over you to remind you who you are with right now. song of songs 415 your life flows into mine pure as a garden spring a well of living water springs up from within you like a mountain brook flowing into my heart Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 are you weary are you carrying a heavy burden Jesus says come to me I will refresh your life for I am your oasis simply join your life with mine Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. He says in John 7, 37 to 39, All you thirsty ones, come to me, come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the Spirit. The scripture says, notice in that scripture, a drink becomes a river. I believe for this church, you know, your um, theme for this year is exceedingly abundantly. It starts as a drink, it becomes a river. Exceedingly abundantly now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power what's the power it's the living water it's the holy spirit that's at work within us to you be the glory jesus but i really believe that's going to happen there's going to be lots of drinking that's turning into a flow that's turning into a river that flows through this community in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on everybody and cause his sons and daughters to prophesy. And his young men will see visions, and your old men will experience dreams from God. He's restoring us to the former glory. In Psalm 126, 4 6. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouts with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and harvest overflowing. So Father, I just pray right now for everybody in their seat. I just have this picture. Um, Some people when they go to the beach, they just sit on the sand and watch everybody else. And I feel like we can we can be close. We can be close to the Saviour. We can be in the environment where others look like they're connecting with the Saviour. But we're not. We have not completely surrendered to His Spirit. We've not really got in the water yet. So I just thank you, God, that you are saying, Come, come, come. If you're thirsty, come to the water come into the water and receive so father we receive your holy spirit thank you watch over your word to perform and i have spoken the word you are performing the word it will not return wo- void we are here to receive living water as we lift up our arms and worship you now as we just finish up today um, this service god i just pray that you would minister as only you can holy spirit to your beautiful people And give them a fresh drink. Make them sploshy, God. I pray this week that they will go into their week sensing that you are in every moment aware of your truth, aware of who they are in you, aware that you are flowing in their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. hand over to you guys. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.